Welcome to Reframe and Reset Your Career, a career development podcast to help if you're looking for a job, feeling stuck in your career, looking to change your perspective, or just rediscover your why. I'm your host, Harsha Borolesa, and this podcast came about from my passion for neuroscience and psychology and their interaction with career and personal development. In each episode, I will be interviewing recognized experts and successful professionals and asking them about their career journey, their real life experiences, and to share the insights and strategies that have helped their careers thrive. Implementing change is not easy and does take time, but I do hope that their stories will inspire you to take a fresh look at your career and assist you on your path to a more successful and fulfilling career. Here are some highlights of today's episode. Take risks, and they are going to be like calculated risks. If you start like writing your articles about sharing your thoughts, you get more visibility. If you put your thoughts in LinkedIn, I mean, you get people that know what you stand for. Ten years ago, if I knew I was going to be here interview for a podcast or I have written a book, I would have thought, no, that's not possible. What content am I going to create? What am I going to talk about? What if people don't like what I say? Thank you so much for joining me today on the Reframe and Reset Your Career podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Naya Ordunia. Hi, Naya. Hi. Hello. Very happy to be here. I've been watching your Reframe and Reset Your Career podcast before, so an honor for me to be here with you today. Thank no, you. It's, 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 it's my pleasure and, and, and my honor, Naya, to have you on here. <laughs> Naya is currently a manager in the solution architecture area at one of the biggest technology companies in the world. She has over 15 years experience in international IT and tech companies and has held different roles in the field from network engineer to solution director in three different countries. She is one of the leaders of the Women in Big Data organization, where she regularly engages and shares thought leadership in forums to encourage and promote diversity in data careers. She won the Data Leader of the Year Europe 2019 Award at the Women in IT Summit Awards. Naya is a contributor to the World Economic Forum and Harvard Business Review, where she shares her thoughts about the future of work and digital skills. She has written a book, Your Digital Reinvention, which was published in 2020. It is a blueprint for careers and retooling in the new digital world. Welcome, Naya. Thank you. Thank you very much for the whole introduction. Very, very nice. Thank you. Well, uh, you, you deserve it, Naya. You've got a, an impressive <laughs> career and you've done some great things. Would you like to um, share a quote? I have one favorite always. Uh, it's from, it's actually, it's not mine. It's from Cheryl Sandberg from her book, Leaning. What would you do if you were not afraid? And I think that's something that I always ask myself, like when I was thinking of like publishing the book or doing a, a movie, my career or change jobs is like, what will I do if I were not afraid? Okay, that's what I'm going to do because we shouldn't get afraid and, and have limiting beliefs uh, for, for in, in our minds, right? So that, that's my quote. What would you do if you were not afraid? No, I think that's a great quote. And I think that resonates with a lot of people post-pandemic because there's so much fear still about their careers, about your health. Look, I, I don't think there are any easy solutions, but sometimes in a way you have to accept there are things that will make us nervous and worry us. But in a way, it's better to try and deal with it head on and just face up to it. And, and even if you speak to somebody, um, I'm, I'm feeling better just talking to you now. Uh, when we're talking <laughs> about fear, we're thinking there are all these things that worry you. Just face it head on and, and talk to somebody. Uh, what do you think, Naya? 
No, exactly. And I also think in this context of the career, actually, if you want to move on and so on, you have to take risks. So you have to be willing to take risks. So you may go to a job where you don't know 100% what you're going to do, but you go there or you look yourself in a new field. So going out outside your comfort zone is where is the key to, to advancing your career. That's why like, uh, what will you do if you were not afraid will be something to, to think. If, if something is paralyzing you, you can think, am I not going to do this because I'm afraid? Let's go. I'm going to do it. Try it. Let's take some risks. I think that's a great first piece of advice, uh, taking risks. But I, I suppose it's it's managed risk, isn't it? It's not just suddenly like taking all your savings and, and betting them on one thing. It's like doing courses, reaching out to people, sending an email, maybe publishing a post. So there are these small experiments in a way you can do. Is that right, Naya? Yes, exactly. So it's all about experiments. So of course, like uh, it's a bit what I talk in the book, right? Like look where the the new jobs are appearing, look where the new skills are there and prepare yourself for those skills and then take some risks. Once you are prepared and you are like preparing yourself for the fields where more jobs are appearing for technology fields and so on. I mean, I don't manage risk because I mean, all you learn, you can implement it in a job or not in other. So it's not that you are just going for something that if this disappears, you have no other option. There are more, 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 more plans. So take risks and they are going to be like calculated risk if you are learning and you have like a, your goal uh, take risks and I, I love the fact that you are so you seem so passionate about technology I came to technology quite late I, I went down the finance route maybe about five or six years ago I said to myself look I've just got to get with the program and figure out a way of understanding yeah exactly take a risk I um, made friends with people who are interested in technology. And I said, look, I know nothing about technology, but I I can teach you something about other skills which you might not know about. I started designing an app and, and, and it's really interesting how when you're looking at the world, I think with technology, you're almost trying to reframe it and reimagine problems. You know, you're thinking, okay, things are being done in one particular way, but maybe if I do it in a slightly different way, you know, like with um, Uber and taxis or um, Airbnb and uh, hotels, you're just looking at uh, assets and thinking, how can you monetize those assets and then create value out of it? Um, What do you think, Naya? Yeah, well, I think for me, technology is, uh, I mean, it's my passion, right? And uh, I, I really think that it's helping us to improve the world. So all this digital revolution that we are living is going to help us to communicate better uh, and to solve the challenges uh, in a very different way. Uh, when we think about going into tech, you don't only have to think about, okay, if you have this engineer background and you want to do like programming code. Also for anybody, like look at you, right? With your background in finance and you have now designed an app, you are here like with a podcast globally it's just like finding your background and how your background is now evolving in this future of work and usually you will need some new digital skills for your background and then you can go into like uh, yeah be friend of technology i will say i will say and, and then you can find which is your job of the future the evolution of your job and then you can focus and evolve towards that goal I don't think my podcast is quite global yet, Naya, but that's very kind of I'm you. I'm sure it is. Come on. I'm in Germany. You're there in UK. It's already global. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have, uh, uh, I know people uh, in US are following you, so yeah. <laughs> exactly. So so going back to uh, technology, how, how did you become interested in it? Were you good at science or maths or what, what, what made you interested yeah. in 
text. So actually, I mean, I, I, it was just like, I think I was, I always think how lucky I was with that decision, right? Because I was like teenager deciding where to go. I liked very much maths and physics and stuff. So I went towards the engineering path. I started with some electrical, electronical engineering, and then I went towards telecommunications engineering. But it was really like uh, natural for me because I, li- I liked a lot, um, like problems, solve complex problems and so on. And I like it very much challenges. So when I started the career, it was all like the boom of internet, this peak of internet, internet boom. It was in the news. I had really no idea. I couldn't really understand what was going on, but I thought, okay, I'm going in this direction and see what happens. No, brilliant. And and I think the the interesting thing I find with tech is that from the outside, it, it's some people who are not tech minded. It it seems complicated, but actually it's quite logical in a way. So you know, if you can understand um, you know, maths and that there's obviously a sequence to things and even things like building an app, it's it's like a big um, decision tree and effectively you're going down different routes. But but there's also, I think, a huge amount of creativity with technology to bring solutions and solve problems. No, exactly. We, we have like one of the things of, of the career, what I like is we are always like, facing like complex complex problems obviously we have to solve and that's why we need like creativity we actually we need a lot of people thinking differently so i'm very supportive that's why i'm very supportive of this cognitive diversity right we have to if everybody with the same background looks at the same problem is going to get to the same solution but in tech we need more than ever like more different people thinking differently so we get to even solutions that one but 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 nobody will have understood if we didn't have a team of people thinking differently so we need a huge amount of creativity we need to solve challenges to see them from different perspectives and also now um we like with technology gets to everybody right like as you mentioned like there are apps that get to everybody so we need like a lot of different people to because I mean, the users are very different. So we also need different minds thinking how to shape technology. Yeah, and I think that's a great point about diversity because, you know, obviously there's a fairness element, which is very important, but I think it's it's having that different approach to a problem. Yeah. Because as you're saying, if everybody's thinking in one way, you're not really going to come up with any different or left field solutions. The great thing about technology is coming up with different ideas and, and different ways of solving a problem, isn't it? Exactly. And, and then just in terms of your career and how it's evolved, was there any particular strategy um, you know, after you left school and university as to how you wanted your career to evolve? Or was it you'll try something, see, see how it goes. If it goes well, you stick with it. So it was all experiments. I, I didn't have like when I finish the career like a mentor or something now I see some of the younger generations that join a program and they are super clear what they have to do and I'm like wow respect actually when I uh, when I finished first I was like kind of like support engineer network engineer like solving really like troubleshooting machines then it was like four years like software developing so developing code then I moved again to the networking part as systems engineer so I had like multi- I was product owner at some point then came the big data and I went for the big data and now I'm manager of a solution architecture team it was just like experiments to be honest um so I was much more strategic in the last years so in the beginning I don't know I was experimenting but I actually encouraged the people to see 
different things. Now I have experience developing code. Could I now develop code as good as before or now? But at least I have a background and I understand how it all works. Uh, do I want not to troubleshoot the machines at three in the morning as I used to do? No, but I know how it all works. So in any way, and I also had this chance uh, to live in different cities in different countries. So I was moving to the Netherlands, to Amsterdam, uh, working in the beginning in Bilbao, in my hometown in Spain. I was living and working in Barcelona, in Madrid, now in Munich. So I think like all gave me like a different uh, shape where I am now. And yeah, in the last years, because I had very good mentors, but just like um, then I started becoming more strategic about what I wanted to do. And there's more when I started to develop my own thought leadership. I started more writing books, career. And I think now I'm, I quite know where I want to go and how. But I mean, the first years, like the first 10 years was totally experimenting, totally experimenting. Yeah. No, I, th I think that's a great point because it does take time for people to really understand what it is they like to do and also what they're good at. And I think until you take that time, uh, and, and, and don't rush into it. Just try, exactly. see, see, yeah. if it, see if it works for you. Um, it, it may do, it may not. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking like with this podcast, actually, before I started it, I was doing a lot of research into neuroscience and psychology and then the technology. So it wasn't suddenly um, I got up one day uh, two years ago and thought oh. I'm going to do a podcast. And actually, a lot of the things that I think people are doing before that, the preparation, you don't actually think of it as preparation, but it, it is, um, you know, the research. I remember I also did a, a course on, um, called Toastmasters on public speaking. And at the time, I didn't really think I, I wanted to uh, do a podcast or make speeches, but, but obviously going through that training is helpful. So I think there are a lot of these things which you can take from your uh, background and your journey. And sometimes I think try different things because you just never know what you're good at until you try. Um, what do you think, Naya? Like, oh, what do you like? Oh, what do you like? For example, I had a job, one of my like my second job, and I was really like a job like working a bit like for a public institution. So everybody said like, oh, this is the perfect job forever. Like I was working from eight to three p.m. like public employee, and then I don't know. I thought I gotta do this again. So now I may be working like more hours or something, and it's all much more riskier, but it's much more fun. But I'm super glad also that I tried that, so I know okay. I know where I want to go, right? So, so I think it's all positive to to, to learn new things, to try out new things, and not only to know what you're good at, but also what you like, what makes you feel fulfilled. So, big respect for those who have it very clear when they are like super young and they just go for it. Big respect. At least I've not been like this. I was like experimenting a lot. Now I know what I want to do now, but who knows? Like in ten years, what I want to do, but. Yeah, it took some time <laughs> to get the strategy right. Yeah, but I, I think that's an interesting point now you make about what what you like doing and and, and maybe what you want to do that evolves over time. So you know, the things that you like doing in your twenties and your thirties may not be the things that you want to do in your fifties, sixties, and seventies. Exactly. Yeah. So and in a way, I think you have to be open minded and be able to adapt. And I think going mm -hmm. forward, it's the people who are adaptable, who can change, they can pivot, they can take their skills and repackage them. I think those are the people who are going to succeed in, in their careers. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I totally agree with that. I, I think that's the point. Getting like um, more skills and so on and 
your background shapes who you are now. And the more, also the same when we talk about the creativity, like some ideas I have is because I was doing like different things with different teams in different countries. So now I come up with a way of thinking that I wouldn't have had it if I always have had the same kind of career. Totally. And and you mentioned to me about um, the World Economic Forum. They released a report estimating that by 2025, 85 million jobs um, are likely to be displaced as they move from uh, humans to machines. So what's the best way to stop ourselves from being replaced by a robot? Yeah, I mean, I have one article in Harvard Business Review about why robots will not steal our job. And I think that's what I quote that. So yeah, like there was a report of the World Economic Forum that says that 85 million jobs will be displaced, displaced because of the of the way that the machines and humans like uh, share the job. So we are going to have more automation. So more automations, more tax automatic, automatic means less human effort. And as a result, some jobs may be displaced. But you are missing here the best part, the second part of this, that is like 85 million jobs may disappear, but 97, 97 million will emerge like new jobs. So this is always something that I like to, to explain, like the, the jobs of the future, they're always going to be more jobs that are going to appear at some point. So, and even good news is that these jobs are even better opportunities because, yeah, the boring task is taken by the algorithms. of <laughs> It's automated. So you have more opportunities to be uh, cre- creative. So as you say, it's a matter of reframing and resetting your career. So that's it. <laughs> I will always recommend like find what is like one of these jobs of the future for you and make a plan to go for it. Yeah, and I, and I think that's an interesting point because there are jobs which you don't really add much value. Um, I've got a friend and they've got, uh, they've got this recycling uh, tech startup. And I think in, it, they, they have, there are robots in these recycling factories who are picking out um, you know, obviously sorting out the, the recycling. Now, for a human to do that, that's a really boring job. It's a tough job. With tech, if you can find those um, added value jobs, that's where yeah. the skills lie. But then it means that you have to have a mindset where you can try and uh, pick up new skills um, without just saying, okay, this is what I'm trained to do. You need to be able to evolve and, and try and do different things. Um, don't you think so? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, um, as you say, it's value added. So where can you add more value? What makes uh, you happier to work? Where can you feel more fulfilled? What can make more impact? Uh, There are like many jobs appearing. So you have to like look which one will be the right for you and then make a plan to go for that one. Brilliant. And sort of going on onto your book, um, love love the book, um, Naya, would you like to give an overview and um, uh, who, who do you think would find that book helpful? So I actually wrote it last summer during the pandemic. I was like uh, making some, um, like defining like a journey to reinvent yourself. And then I was like, uh, interviewing experts around the world from different places, different kind of careers from CXOs to, to, to people that were like um, starting a job and then to get the best tips from all of them. So the book is basically like a guide to 
any person uh, help to get the job of the future? What is your job of the future? And how you can uh, become an expert on that field? So this uh, helps to open like new job opportunities for you. And I'm very happy to say that I heard like many people who read the book, apply the plan and got a new job opportunity. Even myself, I got a job opportunity when I wrote it and I applied it. So it, it works. So it will be helpful for anybody looking for a new job in this digital world. And as I say, you only need like an internet connection. So if you are listening to us, you already have all the tools you need to find your, your way in the, in, the, in the work of the future. Yeah. I love the point you make about how yeah, if you just have an internet connection, you have access to so much knowledge. And, and actually, I think people, if they're looking for a, a silver bullet or one solution, I think they're, they're missing the point. I think it's about exec- you're getting, finding the ideas, but then executing. So every day you need to do a, a small thing. And if you do that you know, every day, um, you know, seven days a week, uh, over a year, then you actually pro- make a huge amount of progress. Um, so you can't just make a big leap. You have to be doing these things on a daily basis, but over a long period of time. Um, uh, what, what do you think, Naya? Yeah, I always say that the digital reinvention, so the book is called like uh, like your digital reinvention. I have it here, like your digital reinvention. So it's like a journey, right? Um, it's not that suddenly you say, okay, I want this job. I make a training. I, I take this training. I study something and then, pam, I'm an expert in something. No, it's like a journey. But uh, in the book, I present like the map you need not to get lost in this journey. And I divide it in five sprints. I recommend to take for each sprint like two weeks. And I have five sprints, one after the other with some examples and exercise. And this brings you like from, from getting inspired. So when you plan a imagine you plan a, a travel, but you don't know where to travel. So you start looking into to travel guides which kind of destinations are there like trendy they want to go to india they want to go to spain they want to go to peru so first you start like getting like inspiration so from that inspiration spirit to when you are like a recognized expert is when you are actually sharing your journey when you are already you went to Spain, let's say it, and you're in Spain taking pictures and sending it to your friends. And um, with, with this aim of like inspiring others to go through your way. And then you go from inspired to be like an expert in a new field. And I love where you talk about defining a direction in the book. And I think you said that uh, you wrote your thesis when you were eight months pregnant, which I find <laughs> amazing. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so the first the first sprint is the inspiration when you're looking like where you're going and the second is like the direction where you want to go and yeah I make a reference because that was really like not very lost I think <laughs> direction. and it's when I, I decided to make them the the thesis around big data uh, I had to write a, a, a thesis and um and I thought okay I do it now like before the baby is born or when it's small because I have the reason why I was doing it then is because I have like uh, kind of like in Germany, we have like six weeks before giving birth plus um, I thought I do it there. It was the second baby. So I was more like <laughs> prepared for what I was coming. I didn't have to read all this, like what happens when the baby is one day old. I had a, a, a two years at the time. So I, I knew that part. So I was like doing my, my big data stuff. This is where I got like my direction after seeing my background and my process abilities. And so there are new jobs in, in big data. 
uh, in analytics. So I was like really doing like a thesis around that. And then, uh, yeah, that really helped me to get to my next uh, part in my career. And also in, in your book, you talk about limiting beliefs, which we've touched on earlier in, in the podcast. So how did you find, um, what, what helped you to overcome these? Because I think for a lot of people, as we were talking about, there's this fear and you think you're not good enough. I remember before I started the podcast, I thought well, I'll probably be a horrible host and I've got nothing to say. But I think if you start, the more you, you do it, the better you become. And I think that's with everything. The more you do it, the, the better you become, hopefully. Exactly. So this is where I took more, I think I took like more uh, consciousness about where I wanted to go and that I had to take risks. And limiting beliefs was like this. I think like 10 years ago, if I knew I was going to be here interview for a podcast or I had written a book, I would have thought, no, that's not possible. Why? What, what content am I going to create? What am I going to talk about? What if people don't like what I say? And I don't know if it's like the age or like just yes, that I got for experience, but I now I have no problem about it. I am just like taking risk and also understanding like, look, yeah, there are maybe times that you try something and it doesn't work out, but then you learn. So it's about learning, about experimenting. And as you say, like taking the risk and you decided to do a podcast and you started and you become better. So if you know that when I started, I really wanted to write articles for um, in general to put my thoughts out there. So I started like, writing some articles in LinkedIn, some nobody was reading them, others then suddenly many people were reading them. So I thought, okay, this topic is interesting. Then I started experimenting and like writing in, in like in other forums. Uh, and this way I was making like some experiments and then getting more confidence and then becoming better. If I would have been thought, oh, I cannot write an article, then, oh, what are they going to, people going to think about me? Then I will not have started. So Yes, like challenge your limiting beliefs. Remember, like, what would you do if you were not afraid? Take the risk. It's so important in this case because we are talking all about the new jobs that are coming. So you have to jump to the new possibilities. I think that's a great point. And what one of my previous podcast guests, um, Dr. Grace Lorden, she was talking about how women and ethnic minorities, they sometimes are nervous about uh, taking risks because they think, oh, if I deviate from... Uh, this safe path, then my career could just not progress in the same way. For people who are worried or nervous or lack confidence, I think this is great advice. Just take, you don't have to take a big risk. You don't have to take a big step, but just do these small things. And, and, and actually when you're writing these articles, you don't have to have a following. You don't have to write a perfect article to begin with. Just write. And see, even if one person connects with you, then that's something. Um, don't you think so? No, exactly. It, because for me, writing was, um, it's a way of reaching the people, but it's also a way to create content, put my thoughts in order, uh, get practice from some articles. Then I see where the people uh, have interest on, on following up. I create some content then for presentations. So it, it's an exercise. I, I really enjoy it. You never, never expect like the first time you write an article and hundreds of people are going to react to what you say. No, but it's also fine. And to be honest, for me, the impact is I really want to have impact on, on people. So if the people who have read this book and they are sharing with me, they are finding jobs, it's already making me so happy. And this is going to be like a, something I experienced from me that I will evolve it and eventually will write something different. I don't know where this is going, but just take the risk and do it. 
It's a great point you make about trying to refine your thoughts and your thinking, because I think by writing, you have to put things down in a logical way. You can't just spew everything out on, onto the paper. Um, you have to think, okay, does this make sense? You know, uh, there has to be a logical flow to it. And that, I think, helps you organize your thoughts in a, in a much better way. And I actually, I quite like writing as well, because if you're writing a story, you have to have an introduction, you have to have like the meat of the story and then the conclusion. And just that sort of process, it makes you disciplined, doesn't it? Yeah. And for me, all this writing is in my, in my last chapter of the book, when I'm talking about sharing. So I really believe you have to share all your, what you learn. You have to share your experience. That's what we are doing here today, right? When you share, it's first of all, it's very good for the people around you because they are going to learn from you. I believe it's very good for the society. If we all share what we know, what we learn, our experience. It definitely helps like, uh, like uh, gradually to everybody. We all do that. But it's ultimately also good for yourself because the more you share, first of all, you may share with a small number of people and then you are challenged or you get new views or you get new, new comments or you connect to somebody who thinks something differently and is interested in the same topic. So even when I wrote an article that not so many people saw it, but then somebody connected with me and then I started talking, it was so, so, such a good experience. Like one of my first articles was about why I am doing the spending my time with women in big data. And I remember it can be still there in my LinkedIn. And then one woman told me, ah, I'm very inspired. I'm from South Africa. And I was writing this from Germany. And then I got in touch with her. And now she launched a chapter in South Africa. She's like, has a lot of followers. And was because she wrote this article. So I'm so, uh, these things like actually like make me very happy. I really believe like the world will be a better place if we all use our talents, if we all get like opportunities. So I'm doing my little <laughs> contribution to, to do that. And I actually, of course, I, I, I enjoy it, but I also encourage everybody to do that. The more we share, the more all we, we get like more, more inspired. That, that's a great point because I think by sharing, firstly, you are improving your, uh, your thinking mm. You're refining yeah. your arguments, but then also uh, there's a secondary effect. You're building your brand. So then people yeah. have a better idea who Naya is. And even before they meet you, they can see your articles, they can see your videos, your podcasts. And, and, I, and I just love this whole idea about content creation because it, th that gives you, I think, a lot of power because in terms of building, and I think brand is being used in a, a way which I think some people don't like, but it even before they meet you, they have a good idea of what Naya stands for, uh, what her thinking is. And I think that's very powerful. You have control over that. So, you know, say if you're going for a job, rather than the headhunters or the recruiters, they sometimes filter what they're giving to the companies. Whereas I think if you have created all this content, then whoever's going to interview you, they just simply do a Google search, go to your website or, or your book, and they can clearly see you're highly intelligent. You've got a lot of articles they interview and, and hopefully you get the job. Not that we're saying you're leaving your current company, but you know, I think that's really helpful, isn't it? Even, it is. even if you're working and not looking to leave. No, exactly. If you, for example, like we are talking about like these new jobs of the future, which can be from digital marketing 
to fintech to digital HR. So it doesn't need to be only data scientists or something like very technical. So imagine that you like finance and you start thinking like how fintech is going or whatever. If you start like writing your articles about sharing your thoughts, you get more visibility. You put your thoughts in LinkedIn. I mean, you get people that know what you stand for and you can also show how you are making an impact. You are very more likely to be connected with other uh, like-minded people with uh, the same thoughts or with different thoughts that will challenge you. Uh, in the book, I explain like how before, like when I was like, I didn't have a path, <laughs> a, a, a plan. Uh, I thought I was like, ah, okay, I could imagine that I should get inspired and get some direction and learn something. But I was thinking, okay, I do all this training. I was also studying. I like to study. So I was like, oh, I study this and I get this certificate and bam, done, I'm expert. And then it's what I found that actually, no, the, the chapters of networking and sh- and sharing, which are my four and five sprint, how important is to network and how important is to share. This is what really makes the difference. Uh, you connect with people, you learn more in a different way. You are exposed to other challenges and is where, where you can like really as you say like in the end build, build your own brand and 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 that brings us up nicely on to the networking chapter because i i totally agree with you okay. i think you obviously have to be very good at your job but then you have to make sure that you're connecting with people who can and i'm not saying you should just connect with them because they can help your career but you're connecting with them so that they can maybe learn something from you or they can help spread your ideas. I suppose in your situation, you're you're the mother of, of two children. How do you have the time to network? I mean, that must be pretty tough to create that time. The thing is that actually when I had my second child, is when I started with these networks. So like before, I don't know what I was doing, but I was not finding so much of that. So I always liked people and I was like, I'm extra, I like to network, but like doing more of these professional networks, I actually started after I had my second child. So look at this. It doesn't mean that you are all the time networking. Like you have to be selective with some events. Actually, now it's even easier because all is like virtual. So you just have to find some time to do that. Look at us today. Uh, when you told me to record the podcast, I said, please, after 8.30 p.m. because my <laughs> kids are sleeping right now. So, <laughs> so that's why it's just like dark here with, with the light because it's like after 8.30 p.m. I can do this because my kids are sleeping. So, so, so I always like trying to find out with people like you that are flexible, help me. But um, yeah, so I, I, I do some events. Like for example, next week, I'm going to one event here in Munich, finally face-to-face. But uh, I think it's about prioritizing and finding a network. I found this woman in Big Data. I have found other networks that are also uh, very interesting. I think there is like different networks for each other. Also, so volunteering. I don't know. I think when you have the passion and you see that, and it's like, yeah, some days there, it's not that you are every day out at all. Like, I think it, it looks maybe more than it is, but once a month you meet up some people. I mean, it's fine. You try to maybe at work if you are invited to some events that was happening to me before well, it was before COVID but as a part of my development plan I could attend some sessions I think you you can make the, the time yeah and, and I think that fits in nicely with what you were saying about sharing because I think if you can if you have knowledge and you have some interesting ideas then when you're networking what you rather than think you know, some people are thinking well I just want to make friends with that person because they can help me in my career. But if you view the whole networking thing is um, I've got these things I'd like to share and hopefully by sharing them, you find uh, people who have the same values and ideas as you, and you can form your own little community. 
uh, in a way. Exactly. Look, networking has to be authentic. You cannot just approach to somebody like, um, it has to be like a give and take. Yeah, I mean, I, it's fine. It's more, more fun. There are a lot of people. So if somebody doesn't really talk to you, go. I mean, there are a lot of people there. How many are willing and to, to share? And of course, with some people, you will click better and share more and bam, and come more ideas and with more or less. But when you go to these networks and or these events, there are so many people that you for sure you find like like people that are, like resonate with you, and exactly you should approach like a, a more like I have some topics that interest me and I share my thoughts and then I find somebody sharing the thoughts. It's like this, yeah. It's it's like this. I think it's like natural. Like it's not like you go and you are somebody. Please find me to find a job. <laughs> no, it doesn't not work. It's more like look, I have these ideas. What do you think? I mean, with these conversations come up uh, stuff. I have to say, in the network we have women in BDT. A lot of people are in there finding jobs. Like uh, the us, the ones who were like volunteering for that, we all got better jobs in the because we were like getting more exposed. So it happens, but it shouldn't be like the goal. The goal is to share. And, and, and exchange and get other insights and be authentic. Networking, my in my metaphor of the travel of the journey, I would say it's like when you are going to decide you go to Spain and you look into some forums, like what is the temperature in this uh, time of the year in this area? Is it raining too much? Uh, look, there, what are the where are the best restaurants? It's about sharing tips with each other. So I see networking more about sharing everybody tips with each other and then go here, look at this, what is happening, those are recruiting, ah, this training is good. It's like about like getting that, 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 that sharing with, with the new network. I just love this point about authenticity because when I go to these social events, obviously you want to talk about work, but I, I, I like to talk about um, my interests and you know I love tech so that was why I think you know, we connected because I saw your tech background yeah. and then things like neuroscience or, psych or psychology or even things outside work I quite like uh, cinema and music and different things so it makes such a difference when you find people who are passionate about something or really interested about something outside work because as you're saying, it's that authenticity. You can maybe get an insight into what they're like. Because I think when people are talking about their interests, it's much more difficult to fake it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always feel like a lot of like good vibes in these events when the people are like exchanging their views and then they contact and talking and going to the events and meeting each other. And even now with the, with the virtual time, it has been like a bit painful that we didn't have those events where we will share like a drink and food together. But also, like, it has opened up to meet people from other countries that otherwise you would not meet because you are in a virtual event together. So, yeah, authentic authenticity is key. Uh, one thing I would be interested in is if you went back in time, is there any particular advice you'd give yourself at the start of your career? So the Naya who's just out of university or going to university well, the part of not working on Shane, I didn't know that until like a few years ago. Like uh, the importance of like doing like networking afterward or starting to share. I don't know if I think I was not ready mentally to, I was not mentally ready I, because, um, yeah, I was having these limiting beliefs like what will I share about. But I will have told to me like, go, experiment, do it. When I mentor like younger people and, um, and well, even like not younger, like, like anybody, I'm always encouraging the people to share. I think it's something that 
it has brought me so many benefits and I connected to people like you and uh, like, yeah, sharing and networking. Now you're, you're still young. We're still young. <laughs> <laughs> I, I realize now I'm, just, I'm talking like I am like an old woman. <laughs> But when I talk like I see this girl is 23 and I see myself like putting my kids into, into bed. <laughs> I feel other generations. <laughs> it, it, it's funny. I was, I was, um, I met a, an MBA uh, student today and I was just having a chat with her and one thing I was just saying is that the one thing you have that even somebody like I know Jeff Bezos or one of these tech titans doesn't have is time. Uh, it's a finite thing and it's running, it's running out. So uh, we're not saying you every minute you have to be doing something useful, but actually being young is, is a great thing because you have that okay. opportunity to experiment. You can make mistakes. Um, the opportunity cost just isn't that great. And I think sometimes, as you're saying, it's that limiting belief which stops you from progressing. Exactly, exactly. I was like taking less risks when I was younger. And I always, when I have see the people, I'm like, now you have time to experiment. And nowadays, like they, they have like, uh, they kind of start sharing posts or YouTubes. Like, you know, like at the, at the time we were not sharing YouTube yet or podcasts. So you have like so many things that you can do yourself, like uh, from publishing like a podcast or like using like the social media and seeing your expertise is much easier to reach now everybody. So I really think like the young generations here, like they are like set up for success and, and good to see that. And I will encourage them to take risks. And then I think that I suddenly thought the, the whole idea of networking in a way and sharing, it's almost like marketing. So if you have a product, i.e. yourself, what you're trying yeah. to do is get that, get that product out there. Um, and, and in a way, you can almost liken yourself to a startup that you've, you've got, you know, you've developed a product, you've got the IP, but then you have to get people to engage with that product. You have to be able to describe in a succinct way, what is the advantage? What are the benefits? And I think it's really interesting when you look at your career as a startup, that startup mentality. I was speaking to one of my guests, Jeff Godhealth. And you know, he, he talks about lean UX and you know, startup mentality. And I think that's a, an interesting analogy, um, comparison. No, exactly. It's only like your own brand. What you invest in yourself, you have it there forever. The experiments you make, as you say, as on a startup, it, it helps you to define your, your own product. And in the end, yeah, like think like all, all that you are sharing and the people you are connecting is like good for you, for your own brand. So I, I like the, the metaphor of the startup. And, and, and also, I think even if you're not looking to um, move jobs, I think even within, the, within a company, mm. your, your manager has so much to do. They've got their own work. They've got to manage a number of people. If you can make it as easy as possible for them to know what you're doing, and also when promotions come up, if they can clearly see whether it's on social media or your LinkedIn profile or you know, what, whatever it is, that they can see what you're doing then it just makes it much easier for them to promote you or give you a salary rise or just be nicer to you. Because from their perspective, they can realize what a great person you are. Because I think sometimes, I think if you're in a corporate for too long, not they won't take advantage of you, but they'll think, okay, that person is, is doing a good job. And as long as we give them like these small pay rises or whatever, they won't leave. But they, they don't really realize your true value. So I think it's up to you as the um, asset and the startup to make, make sure that your uh, managers and, and the people within the company 
know how val- valuable you really are. I mean, what, what do you think? Exactly. You know, I've always been working in corporations and I find it very useful to have my own brand, even within the corporation. It can also help me to reach out people like to tell them, um, I want to talk to somebody and I said, oh, well, and this is my website and I've written for these publications and I've done this. So it's like your social proof is like, yeah. oh, okay, so this person has already a website, has published a book. So it's, 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 it's all like, it's all done, right? So, so, so in the corporation, um, it also helps you to stand out. So it's quite positive, yeah. I know, to- totally. And, and I, I just love this idea of social proof because, you know, um, when, when I started the podcast, I thought, I might write a, record a few episodes, see what it's like. And then suddenly I realized I'm on episode 19 or 20. Wow, and then okay. I've, I've got um, a YouTube channel from that and what, 80 videos on there. They're not long videos. But it, it's amazing how if you do these things, you know, over time, just small yeah. amounts, it just adds up. And I, and I think it's almost like, um, you know, like a mini media company in a way, and you're creating yeah. all this IP. You never know what people will like, or, you know, some people might like something on uh, networking. Some people might like something on mindset. So you have to have a broad range of content and hopefully have a number of hooks and maybe people will hook on to the thing that they like. Yeah, exactly. It's like creating content is connecting you to people. Uh, it also helps you to see which topics you you may be more useful. Also helps you to create content yourself. When you are interviewing people, you get new ideas. So it's all like a positive. Like outside, of course, when you are like really like self-entrepreneur, but also inside the corporation, it's, it's also, I totally recommend that. We're coming to the um, end of our time now. So obviously, thank you so much for all the uh, the great tips and advice and strategies that you've shared with um, our, our listeners uh, today. Um, b- before we end, I, I just want I like to give my guests a chance to thank um, anybody um, who's helped them in their career, whether it's your husband, your kids, cats, <laughs> dogs, whoever. Of course, like to hear at home that they let me record this. They are silent today, so my husband and my kids. But also, like to my parents, my brother, my family. Like they, I think they made a big on on where I am now, and also like the mentors I had in the career. And as I said, I had them like relatively late, and then I, it was really like yeah, like a change of how I consider myself, and that's why I also like think mentorship is so important. Just one final point. I think with mentorship, your yeah, people are looking around and they're saying, okay, I need to find a mentor. But actually you can have almost a series of mini mentors in a way because it's very very difficult to get one person to say, help me out and map out my career. If you have specific problems or specific issues, then you can approach people and say, look, uh, would you mind spending a bit of time, but also try and see if you can help that person. Because I think if it's very much one way, then it's just taking the whole time. But if you can maybe add some, a different perspective to them or add some value, that's quite powerful. I think so. I think it's like I have a lot of people who have inspired me and maybe have been like in short encounters, but they still tell me something that talents. Others were like more formal mentors for like one year or two years while I was in a job. I, I feel very lucky. 
Obviously, thank you so much for spending the time today. And I will make sure all your social media details, your website, the details of your book, that's all included in the show notes and things. I wish you a great evening in Munich. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks to you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening and staying to the end. That was such an enjoyable interview. If you would like to listen to more episodes, then please consider subscribing to the podcast which is available on your favorite providers and subscription is free. If you wish to learn more about any of the resources mentioned in this episode, please take a look at the show notes, which are available online. Thanks once again for listening. Stay safe and look after yourself. I hope you will join me again in the future.